As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. With me, as somewhat always, is Jason, the super producer. Greetings, everyone. I was going to say, Jason, that's a long, that was a long, awkward pause there. Like, are you trying to build up excitement? I was wondering if he really was there. And joining joining us, blessing us with his presence, is the one and only, the judge. Hey, everybody. <laughs> now, <clears throat> we have a really cool episode tonight that we're going to do. Um, we've had these guys on before. I don't think we can have them on enough because they, when it comes to the, the world of cryptids and the paranormal, they are on the cutting edge of filmmakers, documentarians, right, guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm just going to bring them on because they're... They're so cutting edge. They're out in the field right now, already working on probably five projects down the road. Right? I would guess. They got to be. They're, 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 they're just amazing filmmakers. So, the from the... Uh, they're so good. They make Stacey Brown look like a wrong color. Oh, Stacy Brown at the front. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Stacy Brown. Stacy Brown is driving his Uber right now, listening to us. He's going to be like, ah, let's go. Oh, I can't. Oh, so, hey, Stacy, remember, that was the judge that said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so joining us are the, is the Small Town Monsters crew, Death Breed Love, and the real super producer. Sorry, Jason. Heather Moser. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. We're, we're good. We're good. We're making our way through uh, the wilds of uh, some sort of downtown New Jersey area. 
<laughs> now, do you want to give uh, you want to give everybody a little hint at why you're in New Jersey? I mean, if, unless if, if you know cryptids, you got to know why you guys are in New Jersey. But for those who aren't up to speed, yeah, we're um, so we're shooting. We're working on the uh, documentary portion of uh, our Jersey Devil movie, and um, we just finished filming our first interview, which was really uh, super insightful, really fun with a, a guy named Brian Regal. Um, and we are here. This is a quick trip. We're in and out in like two days, so uh, there's a ton of work we got to do over the next like 48 hours. So we're in the midst of that, or the big, I guess we're not in the midst of that. We're in the beginning stage of that. So, so let me, I'm, I'm just going to ask you about that. So as a cryptid, as a cryptid, how, what's your feeling about the Jersey devil as you go into this? Um, I mean, I love the, I've always been a big fan of the Jersey devil story. Um, and I, again, like so many of the, these things, there's this weird, like, connection to my love of film. In this case, it's, um, it's, uh, the Blair Witch Project, for some reason, is the movie that turned me on to the Jersey Devil. Um, I don't know if it was just because they both share similar origin legends or what it is, but they're, um, the Blair Witch Project was the first time I became aware of, like, the Jersey Devil as a creature. So it's kind of cool. I have a personal connection to it. But I mean, as far as like, do I believe there is a flesh and blood Jersey devil flying around the Pine Barrens of New Jersey? I'm going to go with a big bat. Probably not. <laughs> but, but that's probably fair. I've only shot one interview so far. So just bear with me as I go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, I'm in that camp, too, because if the Jersey Devil was a flesh of a creature, it, it would now be how many hundreds of years old? Which, if it was just a flesh and blood creature, it's going to age out. It's going to die. Right. And, and there's not two of them. So how do they breed? Yep. Heather's 100%? You're 100% oh. a believer? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, with that being said, if you ask me to creep around the Pine Barrens at night, it's a big fat no. That's a big fat no. Not doing it. <laughs> Heather, I, Heather, I just want to ask, did you, uh, did you let Seth know that you almost ruined the first interview of the uh, uh, no, of the uh, I didn't Jersey? Okay. to explain that because we just <laughs> packed up and got in the car and immediately called you. <laughs> You're on a very tight shed. Yeah. You can say that for an interview. That's what he meant. It wasn't me. It was Shane. How, wait, what? How did he do that? He, he, I was keeping him updated so that they would know when we would be ready to talk. And I said that we were talking about Ben Franklin talking smack. And he said that Ben Franklin is a punk and should have never had any stores named after him. And I almost laughed out loud. And yeah. Ben, ben Franklin was the greatest of the variety stores, though, by far. <laughs> Were you big in the, into, into yarn and sewing? Is it? No, dude. I'll tell you what I was big into was their giant candy aisle that had candy cigarettes. Uh, like, the last place I bought candy cigarettes was at a Ben Franklin. And I got in big trouble because I was standing outside the IGA in Bolivar, Pretending to smoke one, or actually smoking one, or whatever you do, 
and my mom saw me. <laughs> I got this. And you know, if you got just the right candy cigarette, you could blow off, you know, blow through the paint for that one, and it looked like you'd get some smoke. Like some little dust. Like the on. dust. And he smoke. I just want to point out that the phone broke up right when right when he said blow, and the delivery was incredible. So congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Listen, it doesn't matter what the interview is. I'm trying to sabotage. So, 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 um, let's talk some werewolves. You want to talk? Okay, you want to talk some? So. So obviously the reason that, that we wanted to have you guys on, this is going to come out before your your next big project that seems to, it's getting a lot of uh, traction. A lot of traction, a lot of people talking about it, some good reviews. Do you guys want to kind of tell the audience what's coming up and what they should be expecting to see? Expecting to see and when they can see it and what's going to happen to them if they don't see it. Oh, the worst things imaginable will happen if you don't watch it. Um, you will be visited in the night by a, an angry werewolf. Yeah, no, um, it comes out July or July 5th uh, is the official release date. It's called American Werewolves. Um, it is a... Uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. So, my favorite thing about it is that it is uh, it is very much like our our first well not our first it's weird it in a lot of ways to me it feels like a uh, it's some sort of like weird mutated sibling to Minerva Monster because it's the first movie we've made since Minerva that doesn't have a narrator out of like twenty movies so there's no narration in it so it's got that in common and then it's got just a real huge heavy focus on the witness stories um and and our witnesses and that was always i think intentional um we wanted to kind of get back to that style of storytelling and really put the focus back on the witnesses and honestly we've already done two werewolf quote-unquote movies dogman movies with uh skinwalker howl of the ruguru and the bray road beast and both of those movies spend a fair amount of time on like the legends and lore surrounding, you know, surrounding werewolves. And uh, so we wanted to get out of that kind of stuff, the folklore side of things, and get back to what are people seeing and how does it affect them. And uh, and Heather can probably speak to that someday. Well, yeah, that was about it. I mean, it's nice to hear the stories from the witnesses and everything I think goes together really well without the narration actually between all the witnesses that we have and the experts that we talk to. And, um, the people that listen to your show may see some familiar faces, hear some familiar voices. So Jason, you're in this. this (laughs) Well, no, I I was uh, in the hospital when that, when you guys were filming that, But um, I, I've seen the um, I've seen the preview so far, and uh, I love it. I can't wait to see it. Well, I'm excited to see it for various reasons, but I do like the idea of how you filmed it. I was a really big fan of Nerva Monster, 
uh, really enjoyed that style of film when you just get to hear the the witnesses tell their story. Sometimes, sometimes I get distracted by the narration, I guess, and I just want to I just want to hear the stories. So I'm excited to see some of the stories that they come out. I'm pretty juiced. Yeah, yeah I, I'm like if I can just real quick like speak to that. Yeah. that I'm I'm actually in the same camp. Like when it comes to the narration side of things, I love the narration we've had in our movies, um, and the and the people that narrate for us have always been amazing. But my favorite style of doc relies solely on the people in front of the camera to tell the story. It it does make my life a lot easier as an editor um, to have a narrator because they can kind of guide the the storytelling in the way I needed to go but in this case it just made sense since we were putting such a heavy focus on the witnesses you didn't need you know the story is the witness in this movie and that's why for me it was exciting to get back to that I'm uh, I am super excited at the land between the lakes like that once you know we, we had never heard of that that we had Jody Cook on the show Right. And he started talking about that story. And I know you guys went down there and did some investigation and talked to some people. Without giving too much away, what did you guys kind of come away from that thinking or or believing or did it just confuse you even more? Uh, no. So, I, I mean, honestly, I've always heard a lot about in between the lakes as far as people asking us to do something about it, but I'd never spent much time looking into the story or even the region. In fact, in all honesty, I had no idea that existed, like that area and how it looks uh, and that kind of thing. So to, you know, to get to go there, it was kind of like discovering it for myself for the first time. Um, I came away with a really weird vibe out of that place um not just not just like oh this is spooky or whatever but there's a there's something going on there and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's dog man or something related to big i know there's bigfoot activity there but there's you know the the witnesses the people we spoke to there about about the area the history of the area is really weird you've got these dogman legends there that kind of date all the way back to the first people to settle the area. You've got stories about um, law enforcement and park officials trying to cover something up. I don't think I'm not in the like coordinated massive conspiracy camp, but but to me it seems like they they don't quite understand what they're dealing with, and so they want to try to keep it as under the radar as possible but it's a it's a weird place and and the stuff that goes on there is a lot bigger than just like a few sightings of bigfoot in the woods you know what you would expect in a, in an isolated rural park like that uh, it seems like there's more going on there and i think i i can't necessarily state this with any definitive bent but i I think we will be back at some point uh, to really do. To me, this is like opening the the first chapter of a book. Um, 
you know, it's the back half of the movie that kind of focuses on Land Between the Lakes. And to me, I think there's a lot more for us to get into. And um, I'm excited to do it because I think there's more to the story than what we cover in this movie. But I, I do think, I think the movie, uh, it, begin, it, it begins in Ohio and ends in in Kentucky and, and land between the lakes for a reason. Like there's, there's a, there's a lot more to that that we, we want to get into. I, I was, I was going to ask while you were talking about it. it. Certainly sounds like that could be a show all by itself. Yeah. Boy, it kind of, yeah. it resonates with me a little bit like the, uh, like the big, the killer Bigfoot legend from support Chatham Bay up there in Alaska, where, they have this cannery and these indigenous people there and they're doing the cannery and, and uh, you know, they suddenly 30 people get murdered and they all bolt. And so kind of a similar type is an urban legend. Is it not an urban legend? People really get killed. Do they not really get killed? That's the, that's the thing I'm interested in this seeing if you guys put your finger on that pole. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We stopped somewhere. So people are getting out. So if there's more, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Hold on. This yeah, is listen. This is re- this is real life. This People is real in the moment. We're we're in the field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's so, right. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Port Chatham. I mean, it's how we get to Port Chatham. The the judge just started, or was that oh. Shane? Someone started. No, it, was, it, was the judge. it was the judge, and you guys were in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, we were we were within uh, an hour boat ride of 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 Port Chatham. Um, and, and we did kind of find that, you know, there's, there's probably as much about like legend. There's probably as much in the way of legend relating to that as, as there is anything. Um, so, uh, but, well, at this point now, just, um, so I would say there might be more going on in land between the lakes. Um, than Port Chatham because we were there. There definitely were like Bigfoot sightings in Port Chatham, but here there's there's a history that dates back uh, pretty far, and then there's still modern activity taking place, and there's much more going on in Land Between the Lakes than than meets the eye. You know whether it's it's the suspected government cover up stuff or um, the the uh, the dog man and, you know, and uh, Elijah Henderson is kind of, was kind of our guy when it came to land between the lakes, as far as like walking us through the history of the area. Um, but I have friends now that, that I, you know, that I know spend a lot of time in there who've had really weird run-ins with like, uh, park officials who, who, you know, who basically told them like, you know, we're, don't talk about this. Like if they encounter something, it's like, don't, don't even speak about it. Um, so I know that that is a thing there. And again, I'm not, I don't fall into the conspiracy camp typically, but, but definitely that is a running theme when it comes to, to land between the lakes with, with, uh, the, the history of the park and strange activity there. Well, if you Google Earth it and you just look at the, the topography and lay that, my gosh, that, that that's just like like ripe for something, some cryptic, you know, war going on between Bigfoot and Dogman. It just looks like 
the perfect like drawn battle lines. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, well, I mean, interestingly enough, our movie kind of dips its toe into that topic. Um, uh, one of our witnesses, I mean, the witness we kind of wrap up the movie with, he, he has an encounter in, in there that kind of speaks to that. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I mean, the story is really, uh, it was really shocking. And then, you know, to actually get to see him, because I know, I think he might have been on a podcast or something here and there. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Whatever. Either way, to actually hear him tell the story to us is eye-opening because it clearly affected him in such a huge way. So, so now you said this is this is the third project that you've done around Dogman slash Werewolves. So, so in your, I mean, so you have a pretty qualified opinion, I would say. You've talked to a lot of eyewitnesses. You've been to places. Where these sightings have happened, I'm just I'm going to assume you have not had your own dogman sighting, although you um, are full of surprises. Yeah, I've had thirty dogmen. No, I haven't. I I have not yet. I have not yet had a sighting for myself. And this is also one of those cryptids that I think are pretty squarely in the paranormal camp, rather than like uh, a cryptozoological one. That's what I, that's what I was going to kind of ask is like. You don't think we're actually dealing with the uh, the tried true old story of a werewolf of a person metamorphosing under the the full moon? Uh, 
I mean, God, I hope so, because that would be really cool. But um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't think we're dealing with that. I also don't think we're dealing with like some sort of undiscovered species of dogmen that roam North America. Um, I don't really buy into that. I, I think there's too much that connects this thing to the supernatural to, to think that that this is like a tried and true flesh and blood cryptid, you know, like I, I just think it gets sure. too, it gets too weird too quick for me to go that route. So well, obviously that was, I mean, we were, after we talked with Linda Godfrey, that was kind of uh, sort of the watershed moment in, in our perspective as to what we think is going on with Dogman. And obviously we've talked about all that on several shows with Indian burial grounds and stuff. So, Interesting to get your perspective now that you've talked to how many witnesses and yeah, their yeah, take on there. Yep. Um, so I want to ask because I because I know Heather would probably send you some really crazy places, especially since she's a firm believer in uh, the Jersey Devil. Yeah. What, what What is the? So I asked both of you, Seth. What is the one thing that you have not? investigated or done a uh, documentary on that you would like to and Heather what same for you what would you like the small town monsters crew to go out and do that is going to probably take some real arm twisting um I mean the thing is Jersey Devil kept being my answer so now I don't know um I you know like we really want to do something on the Hopkinsville Goblins at some point you know, that, yeah. that, that like yeah. doesn't involve the Estes method. Um, but like, oh, I, wow. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want to, I want to do something about the Hopkinsville Goblins. Dover Demon would be fun. Um, down the road. What about subterranean, uh, subterranean lizards living in the sewers in like Los Angeles? Yeah, that's when you, when we're hitting that, you know, we have reach the rock bottom like we're done because <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like that's where monster quest went went downhill so if, if that's we when start, it jumped the shark <laughs> yeah if we start heading in that direction you guys might as well jump off the train because we've we've reached uh we've reached the final destination <laughs> oh, i don't know man it seems pretty possible <laughs> so so heather what would your answer to that be so, uh, well, Wendigo would be a good one to cover at some point. Ooh, yeah. And, yes. uh, very good. Goat man stuff. But that's because both of those terrify me. But yes, Wendigo I still, first. for all of our loyal, I, I think I put something up on Goat Man on our Instagram here. And I just can't get over the fact that I think Chris Hahn, our buddy Chris Hahn, would be the perfect. <laughs> Actor to play the goat man in a horror movie. Hey, Grover and I started working on a script that would involve Chris Hahn <laughs> playing the goat man. Yes, but nobody wants to hear it. It was a homage to the 80s slasher movie. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Chris Hahn's like, please make it. I need a job. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um, so. I got sucked into after after we did the uh, after you came and did some the filming for the American Werewolves. I got sucked into the uh, 
to the YouTube channel that you guys have in the Bigfoot uh, stuff that you guys were doing on Heather. I think it's your family's property. Yeah. When when is that going to like? Are you guys going to start doing that again this summer? Oh, we we actually just dropped an episode. Um, oh, I haven't even. No, no, it, it literally just went up on Sunday. I think it was. It's we had Cliff Barrickman out there, and um, so that's the new episode just dropped. But yeah, we got. It's hard to keep up with it because, for one thing, we don't want to just make a show where nothing ever happens. And to be honest with you, like from basically from November through, you know, uh, now, yeah, uh, there has been no activity out there that we can definitively. Oh, this is definitely something, you know, like there's no sounds, there's no wood knocks, none of the stuff we experienced through the first three episodes, especially, um, you know, we found some, there's been some weird stuff that happened, but nothing super crazy. So we just, there was a month period or two months even where we didn't film at all. And then we went out there with Cliff right, literally two days before we left for Alaska and shot, uh, for two days out there with him. And that episode just dropped on Sunday. So Get, get, go check it out. I will as soon as I watch the uh, final Obi Wan Kenobi. And I have a Grover and I actually years ago did a was doing some investigations investigations the melon heads mm-hmm. sightings, and we realized Grover just saw his reflection. Yeah, it was terribly disappointing. Oh my gosh! Um, and I and I had a legitimate question. You just ruined it. I mean, to make a great documentary. <laughs> make a great documentary. Oh. More of an autobiography. Well, because the reason that got me hooked is when you were, you know, you were at our, we were at our farm and we start walking in the woods and, and, and we had already had you on our show probably a year or two earlier and you weren't really, at that point in time, you hadn't really had a experience of your own I believe that you really, you know, you were just more of a, you liked the subject matter and you wanted to explore it. And that's why you were doing these great films and docu- documentaries and stuff. And, and so as we start walking in the woods, Seth turns to me and goes, you know, I saw one. And I'm like, <laughs> did I say, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you did. You know, I saw yeah. one. <laughs> you know, I saw one. I'm like, what do you mean you saw saw Bigfoot. I was like, what, you tell me now as we're walking into the woods? This? <laughs> and so it, it was that I couldn't wait to see in the in, on the YouTube series when it got to that and your reaction because you're pretty laid back. I mean, you're, I mean, at least in my interactions with you, Heather sounds like she's snickering. But, uh, <laughs> but you don't seem excitable. And your reaction when <laughs> he's a modern day Perry Como, he's a modern day Perry Como. Your reaction to seeing this thing up on the hill, like you jumped off the off the gator, and I was like, start running towards it. Yeah, well, I didn't know what to do because, yeah, I didn't know what to do. Like when I, it's hard to replay that moment too because like it seems so absurd now, but. At the at the time, I think I was just thinking, if I ran, I could get up the hill and catch it oh. taking off into the 
into the woods. But I, I, you know, like the problem was there was this brush that was briars. Yeah, bri- briars and waist high. Yeah, it was it was too high. And then I, once I hit that, there was nowhere I could go. And then the biggest problem was when I jumped out of the gator. The gator was going still pretty fast because he I I I just I said stop and dove out as I <laughs> there was no moment there was no like pause I didn't say stop and then wait a second I just said stop but I had already jumped as I was saying the word stop and when I hit the ground we were on a decline and I'm running down the decline so I'm also doing that goofy thing like a, like the road runner's legs or whatever where your arms are like floundering around in front of you while you're trying to run and um i'm it's lucky i didn't break my leg because like if i had if i jumped out wrong or twisted my ankle or something yeah there's holes all over there it would have been pretty bad um but yeah i just it was um it was a weird moment it you know what's strange about it too is like it wasn't it was. It's still. It's not emotional. The night before was genuinely emotional, actually, because like Heather and I were out there, and there was so much happening at once that that actually was moved. That probably moved me further on the belief scale than even seeing one, because so much happened in such a short span of time, and there was nothing else that could account for what we were hearing. The run, the the footsteps running, the the rocks being thrown, the wood knocks, like all that stuff going off at once, in an area that makes still makes no sense today. Uh, like that was bizarre. Um, but the whole that whole weekend, like you know, and then we kind of we didn't match it, but the next weekend we had not the next weekend, but the next time we went out was pretty comparable because we had rocks thrown at mark and i we had we found a track on the on the hill outside the cabin and that was november october yeah september october somewhere yeah that was october too so yeah before hunting season is the key here once hunting season started everything stopped yeah hunting season Uh, has been the key and then you know i don't there's no leaf canopy there um, obviously there's, there's, yeah. there's nowhere for them to go because it's patchy woods where we are. Um, but in the most recent episode, we kind of talk about that, like how little sense it makes that they're there at all, or they were, I mean, my, the, my biggest fear right now is they won't be back. Um, Ooh, that you guys kind of spooked them away or no, no, that it was just, maybe they had been moving through the area and they, they happened upon that property that those few months and they won't be back. But I don't think that's the case in Minerva. Sightings traditionally kick up in August and they carry through to about October. Um, in the Minerva area, that's how the Catons sightings of the Minerva monster went. That's how anytime I hear from people out there who have like sustained activity, it's over. It's that span of time. And so no, I don't, I don't have a, a, full understanding of animal husbandry. Uh-huh. But do you think it has anything to do with sightings with with uh, breeding seasons and things like that? Because you think about deer, we see lots of deer when uh, when the bucks are chasing does and stuff like that. We see, you know, I see more activity during that period of time than any other. So 
it's possible. We theorized about everything at this point. There's corn there. There's cornfields there. You know, like that kind of aligned to, to some degree with like corn growing and that kind of stuff. Um, there's, you know, there's the idea that they just, they liked it because there weren't people around. They liked that area because there aren't people on that property. Um, and when the undergrowth goes away, when the leaf canopy drops, they head out to other area, more dense, deeper woods, deeper woods. Um, well, I, I, it's like one of those things where the more we go out there and the more time we spend out there, the more you theorize about what's going on because you're trying to make sense of it. Because um, we've experienced things there. We found things there that are really weird. We found this like a, a, a full blown cow pelvis just kind of sitting in a tree. Yeah. Um, and And things like this, like things that don't make sense. I can tell you from having a farm and having cattle on it that those don't just end up in trees. I'll tell our Cat. YouTube commenters that, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, listen, I got it. We got a couple YouTube YouTube commenters. Uh, we'll send your way. And we'll, I'll take care of the people with my stuff. Jeez. Well, we don't. Uh, I, I know you guys are in the middle of uh, working, essentially, and the judge and I and Jason, we're just lounging around. So we'll uh, we'll let you guys get going, but I want you guys to let everybody know, give them the details about where they can find American Werewolves, where they can find the, the YouTube stuff, because I strongly encourage everybody to go check out the, your stuff on YouTube. Because, I mean, you could spend a month going through all the stuff. You, I don't even know how you guys have time to sleep or eat. There's so much content on you. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the, the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel and... Um, so American Werewolves comes out July 5th, and you can pre-order right now on iTunes. It might be available now for pre-order on Amazon. It should be in the next couple of days if it isn't yet. Um, but it, it'll be available on most of the major like VOD platforms on July 5th, or you can get it on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, those pre-orders are open on our website. Yeah, pre-orders for those are up. Um I don't know what smalltownmonsters.com smalltownmonsters.com and the Monster Fest our event we're doing next year in Canton, Ohio with a bunch of guests we've announced and we have a bunch more in fact a really huge guest do you um, just want to go ahead and tell everybody that we're going to be there oh, or do you want to wait were, were, well, we, the really big, were, were we the really big yeah. guests <laughs> yeah that's why That's the. that was exactly what I meant <laughs> we're going to be taking tickets at the door we, we just don't know we're going to be actually working Monster Fest you're going to be the usher <laughs> I'm, going to be, I'm going to be the guy operating the punch bowl but we do But we do. we're do. we debating on whether that is going to be our official first uh, like public event not that there's a big clamoring for it or anything but we're that's going to be our first but we might hold off and not do anything between now and then, and, that, and just make it a big deal. And, and like maybe five people and will show up. Launch into our European tour. Our European Yeah, no, at least a hundred people in Europe will listen to us. So. I think you guys should do that. Don't hold off until Monster Fest 2023, and then we'll we'll lay out the red carpet. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if uh, if that's what we got to do to get some red carpet treatment, I guess. 
<laughs> I mean, I can't compete with Ben Franklin and the Jersey Devil, but we'll, no. you know, we'll, we'll no do one it. can. None of us can. <laughs> well, hey, just make sure we get a better seat than Stacy Brown. <laughs> oh God, you had to make another Stacy Brown. <laughs> we'll we'll bring the candy cigarettes. There you go, <laughs> candy cigarettes. Please do. Uh, well, hey, you guys keep doing what you're doing because it's great. And I hope everybody goes and checks out your uh, Small Town Monsters YouTube channel and go watch American Werewolves. And uh, I guarantee that at least part of it is going to be riveting. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I'm sure, but I'm sure all of it will be. So, so, <laughs> thanks, so hey, hey, thanks Thank for joining. Hey, and don't, uh, don't get any trouble out there in the Pine Barrens, okay? All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for Bye. coming on. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. (laughs) God only knows what's hiding. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.